Hello, my friends. Welcome to Creeping Out My Friends, your one-stop shop for urban legends, ghost stories, and anything you can want to creep out your friends. Without any further ado, let's get creepy. I'm your host, Z slash Z, and I'm here with my friend. Hi, I'm Garrett. Garrett. Introduce Yay. yourself, Garrett. Uh, I, I sometimes go by the handle Engineer Who. You can find me on Andre Luke Martinez Backlot Discord server um, a, a lot of the time. But I'm also on YouTube at the Triple Threat Music Podcast, uh, where my friends and I review Mostly music by the Beatles, the Who, Pink Floyd, a lot of Pink Floyd lately. And uh, I'm here to have a good time and hear about creepy dolls. Yup. So this is our third attempt recording this. So Garrett knows a little bit of what is going on. Uh, He knows a lot of the history actually already. So we're just going to jump right in and talk some more. (laughs) So So the subject of this this podcast. Do you want to try and pronounce it this time? I, I I can't I can't even remember the words. <laughs> All right, so I just well, know that the literal translation is "one man hide and seek." Exactly. So today we are talking about "one man hide and seek," or as it's known in Japanese, "hitori kakurembo." Hitori kakurembo. Hitori kakurembo literally translates to "one man hide and seek" or "hide and seek alone." So hitori kakurembo or "one man hide and seek" is a Japanese ritual slash urban legend that kind of involves you summoning a demon or a spirit to possess a doll and playing hide and seek with it. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. It's, I, it's like the fourth or fifth time I'm hearing this and it still it's, weirds me out. You're still freaked out. I'm glad. It means I picked a good subject. Truly. So, um, this we is believed to have originated in Japan. Um, it could have been an urban legend. So as I said, you play hide and seek kind of with a doll or a stuffed animal and you bind this doll to yourself with some sort of bodily fluid, a piece of your body, hair, what have you. If this ritual does work, it is said that the doll will start to move on its own. It may move from room to room. You also give the doll a knife. And so if you lose... <laughs> If you of lose, of course. Of course. If you lose, what happens? You get stabbed. You yes. die. Just, All your again, wonderful like, nightmares. I don't. I don't believe a word of that. But at the same time, it's like, why? Why tempt fate? Why even try this? <laughs> For the views. For the views. For the live uh, streams that some weird Japanese teenager is like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's maybe get killed on camera. Sure, why not? Exactly. So yes, we're so we're not exactly sure what the origins of this are when it first came about, but from what I could find online, it possibly started on Two Chan um, in a post back from April two thousand six. But since then, it kind of has become its own thing. There are Japanese teens who live stream it. There's, I think, Americans who live stream it occasionally. But if you go on YouTube, there's certainly a lot of people who are playing one man hide and seek. Fine. And my little <laughs> tidbit that I have not included in my other recordings, but I might as well throw in here, is it actually has its own page on Know Your Meme. No. Oh. Yep. I got to check this out. <laughs> so, I think that's fun. 
So moving on, uh, we're going to talk a bit about the history of dolls in Japan. So dolls in Japanese are also known as ningyo, which translates into person shape or person form. The beginnings aren't quite sure, but they possibly started coming around in the Jomon period, which was about 8,000 to 200 BC. And it started with dogu or humanoid figures. And these are like little, I'm not sure if they're made out of clay or something, but they're kind of sculpted, carved. Yeah, I looked I looked them up. Some of them look, yeah, there's definitely some clay ones. Some of them look stone. Yeah, but they're kind of, they're definitely humanoid. Like you can see a human shape in them, but they're not. Humanoid as in it has a head, two arms, and two legs, yes. But that yes. that's about where the similarity stops. Yeah. So they're they're interesting. <laughs> Dolls have always and shall always be creepy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I say as I have about four dolls on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> and you, and you, you went above and beyond. You chose to collect the creepiest. Z told me today that she collects ball, ball-jointed dolls. Yes. And if you look those up... <laughs> Asian ball-jointed dolls. They look, like, searches. they look like little people. They look kind of like a mix between little people and anime brought to Yeah, life. right. It's very uncanny valley. Yes, they're fun. But not only that, I have my ball-jointed dolls on here, but I also have my Monster High dolls on my desk <laughs> with me. Because <laughs> I collect those as well. <laughs> of course. And then behind me, I have, you would really appreciate it, I have my in-the-box uh, original barbie and ken star trek themed dolls oh my god so ken is dressed as uh captain kirk and it's like barbie is uh look she looks kind of like janice rand because she has the red dress on and everything so very fun (laughs) i also have another weird i have a creepy alien doll back there too they're fun (laughs) i have a spock doll too i have i have many dolls um I, but, the, you're just like i i like you a lot zed but i don't think i could ever visit you <laughs> with all dolls. this <laughs> they're fun all right um anyway going back to moving on back dolls. to back to japanese dolls um so there's many different types of dolls in the japanese culture and the heian period is where we started hearing talk of these dolls and it was mostly through the book the tales of genji by lady murasaki and so that's probably around late 700s to early, like, 1100s AD. Okay. <laughs> I remembered it this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. And so these dolls have many different purposes. Uh, some of the ones that I wrote about that I thought were interesting were our talismanic dolls and our offering dolls. So talismanic okay. dolls were used as a twin to confuse or distract evil spirits. Right. So one of these, one type would have been given to small children to kind of keep evil spirits away from them or distract them and when they reach a certain age for boys it was 15 and for girls it was when they got married they would give up these dolls and they would be consecrated as at a shrine our Um, modern day ones are like little nanny cams which i just think is really funny i think it's kind of (laughs) cute yeah Yeah. like it 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 still has that sort of i guess protecting you sacred or you know there's a deeper meaning to it but also there's something very practical about it yeah about the (laughs) the nanny cam aspect so i like it i think they're i think they're fun it's it seems the the logical evolution yeah (laughs) 
Um, so, and then another type in there would be our hoko, which were these soft body dolls that were given to pregnant women. They were made out of silk and human hair and stuff mm. with cotton. Sure. Which those, okay, like those I can understand kind of being made out of human hair because they were supposed to help protect you and all that stuff. But there's also, um, and I didn't talk about these last whatever recordings we did, but yeah. there's also the Hina dolls, which look kind of like a person. They look like your typical doll, but those are also made with human hair usually. And those have a whole festival around them. They have the Hina Matsuri. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And those, from what I can tell, aren't exactly, like, I don't think they have, like, these protective features to them. So Are they more like playthings, like toys? Yeah, I think or... they're, like, collectibles, yeah. Okay. Um, I'd have to double check that, but, uh, yeah. So those are kind of interesting, I guess? I don't sure. know. Um, S- still, it, still weird. There's, there's something just a little bit creepy about any doll, whether it has purpose or if it's a toy that... Has human, human hair. hair. Yep. <clears throat> Fun times, man. Um, so those are talismanic dolls. And then there's also offering dolls, which were supposed to represent the person doing the offering. And they were to, supposed to take on the sins or the evil spirits of that person. Yeah. And Sort these... of the, the Japanese equivalent of a scapegoat. Yes. <laughs> like a yeah. physical scapegoat. Sure. <laughs> like, oh, I just did some bad things. I had some bad thoughts. Now let me go burn this doll. Yeah. Uh, basically I'm going to put all of my my badness into this one thing and then destroy it I I don't know if that's healthy or like repressed Uh, that's (laughs) hard to uh, decide yeah Um, yeah that's up for debate (laughs) you know whatever helps you sleep at night I guess sure yeah let's go with that taking your offering doll and burning it or throwing it in some running water helps you then you know go for it man (laughs) so yes so there were those offering dolls but there were also oh and these were where I did well got caught off that first time but there's also offering dolls that are used as um kind of memorials for dead or unborn children and one of the things that I thought was interesting with that is that sometimes they also bring a offering doll to a dead or unborn child that's supposed to represent a bride or a groom for that child and it's supposed to like placate their soul um so that it feels like it's with its companion that's sweet actually yeah that one's actually kind of sweet i really like that one so yes so that's kind of what i have on my history of dolls and as I'm sure you guess, the reason I talked all about this history of dolls is because <laughs> this is a very doll-heavy ritual. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to jump into the kind of steps of the ritual, and I think okay. what I'm probably going to do is I'll probably read all this right off. I'm getting, I'm looking. There's different steps, kind of depending on what website you look at. Um, but a lot of them tend to be very similar. So mm-hmm. I'm actually getting mine. You're going to laugh at me, but I'm getting my steps off of this website that's called Scary for Kids. Oh, God. Okay. And it's actually... For a really second, fun. for a yeah. second, I thought you were going to say WikiHow. No, <laughs> but I think there might actually be a WikiHow for like... I would, what... I, 
I guarantee it. <laughs> um, but this one is really funny because it has a lot of these weird rituals and kind of creepypasta-esque things for you to do yeah. and like urban legends uh, okay. all gathered in one place. But the best thing is like kids actually go on it. So you read like the comment sections before and be like, I'm 13, I ain't afraid of nothing and I'm gonna mess oh, up no. that doll. And it's like the funniest thing. I love reading the comments. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> That is besides the point. So from Scary for Kids website, we're going to move from move on to them. So they say, Hide and Seek Alone is a scary Japanese game in which you play a dangerous game of cat and mouse with a possessed doll. This game is also known as Hitori Kakurembo, One Man Hide and Seek, or One Man Tag. It is very dangerous, and we recommend that you do not play this game. So here's which- how you do it. Yeah, which they say that literally on all of their games. They're like, we recommend all the Japanese games. We recommend you don't play this. But here are all the steps to it. Oh, jeez. That's really responsible webmastering right there. Let me tell you. Go scary for kids. (laughs) Keep up the good work. (laughs) Um, All right. So to play hide and seek alone, you need a stuffed doll. It must have arms and legs. A bag of uncooked rice, enough to fill the doll. A needle and crimson thread a sharp knife, a cup of salt, natural salt would be best, and you also need to choose a small room or closet, which will be your hiding place. So I'm going to pause actually for a second there and kind of talk. Um, I got this from another site, but what these different things represent. So one of the websites I found said that the rice represents the innards and also has the role of attracting spirits. So that you actually stuff the doll with the rice? Yeah, so you're going to stuff the doll with the rice. You take out the cotton stuffing the, mm-hmm. if it had yeah. any. Yeah, that's going to be... <laughs> Puppies. Huh? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's one of the steps that we're going to get to is you um, kind of take all the stuffing out and then you replace it with rice. So the rice represents innards and has the role of attracting spirits. The crimson thread represents a blood vessel and it seals the spirit up inside the doll. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll hold off on reading these other notes that I have here because they get kind of into the once we're talking about the steps and how we play it. Yeah. So step one, you're going to cut open the doll and remove the stuffing. Fill the doll with uncooked rice. And then it says here too, in many Asian cultures, uncooked rice is, a belief, is believed to attract spirits. Mm. Step two, the fun one, clip your fingernails and put them inside the doll. Uh, this binds the doll to you um and other ones that i've read they've said things like you could also like put hair inside the doll you could like cut your finger and put some blood in there Mm. um i saw one video on youtube where a japanese man brought a condom and emptied it into the doll oh oh god oh that was mm, mm. but Uh, i I had to mention that one because i knew you had to get this good reaction from you yeah uh (laughs) I understand, but uh, uh. yeah. So it's there. It's kind of. I mean, it was gross enough already, but that kind of made it. Bleh. <laughs> yeah. So yes. So this is supposed to bind the doll to you. Okay. Step three: sew up the doll with the crimson thread, and then tie up the doll with the rest of the thread. The thread represents blood and binds the spirit of the doll. So tied up so that if it could move, it wouldn't be able to? Yeah, basically. I mean, like, it's it's thread, so yeah, you're gonna tie it, like, all around the doll. Basically wrap the doll up in this thread and tie it up. Yeah, okay. Um, step four, you fill the bathtub with water. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, if it didn't specify, you're in a bathroom for okay. this. Step four, you fill the bathtub up with water. 
Step five, you place a cup of salt water inside of your hiding place. So as I said before, you want to find like a little closet or a little room that's going to be your hiding place. So you're going to place your cup of water in your hiding place. Yeah. Then step six, you choose a name for your doll. Naming the spirit makes it more powerful. Mm. Yes, this is true like across multiple cultures as well. Yes. Which is like why this thing is kind of believable when you like read the steps and everything. Step seven, at 3 a.m., you go to the bathroom, pick up the doll, and say three times, your name is the first it. So you're saying, so like if I was playing, it'd be like Z is the first it, Z is the first it. And you're supposed to say that three times. Um, And I have the Japanese too of all the things that you're supposed to say. So it would be like, um, so in Japanese, it'd be saihoa. Z desu. So the first person is me. Okay. Then, yes, then step eight, you're going to place the doll in the bathtub, take the knife with you, and go around the house turning off all the lights. Switch on the TV and leave it on a static white noise channel. Huh. Which I think, yeah, they're going to. Yeah, they they mention it later. Step nine, you go back to your hiding place, close your eyes, and count to ten. Step ten, return to the bathroom with the knife in your hand. Step eleven, you say, I found you, the doll's name, and stab the doll with the knife. Uh, So it sounds like you're you're teaching the doll how to be it. Yeah, basically. So you're playing hide and seek. So like you're playing as it first. You Uh go hide, then you find the doll, stab it. Which isn't how hide and seek goes, but you know, no, it's how this variation plays out. Give them, yeah, give them some creative liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, stab the doll, and you say, "I found you." Then step twelve, you say three times, "Now your doll's name is it," and you put the doll and the knife back into the bathtub. Step thirteen, immediately run back to your hiding place and wait. So. Now it kind of gets into what's going to happen while you're playing and like some rules to be aware of. So it says, at this point, you may hear the pitter-patter of tiny feet. If the doll is close to you, you will hear the white noise on the TV change. Apart from the sound of footsteps and things being moved around, some people have reported horrible smells, drastic changes in temperature, and the TV suddenly switching off or the volume changing dramatically. Some have reported the sensation of being touched or pulled on. If at any time you feel the doll is about to find you, end the game. To end the game, you take a mouthful of salt water. Keeping it in your mouth, don't swallow it. Get out of the hiding place and start looking for the doll. The doll is not necessarily in the bathroom. It could be anywhere. Whatever Mm -hmm. happens, don't spit out the salt water until you find the doll. When you find it, pour the rest of the salt water in the cup over it, then spit the salt water in your mouth over it as well. Say three times, I win, and cut off the crimson thread. This is supposed to free the spirit and end the ritual. And then it says, after this, make sure you dry the doll and burn or discard it later. Oh my god. (laughs) So, some rules they say for you to be aware of while you're playing this is don't stop the ritual halfway through. You must do it through to the end. Don't go outside the house. Don't play this game for more than two hours or the spirit will become too powerful and will not leave the doll. You must be alone in the house when you play. You can play with friends, but if there is someone else in the house who is not playing, they will be in mortal danger if the doll finds them instead. Uh, (laughs) You can play with friends, but don't play with friends. 
Well, you can play with friends, but make sure your friends know they're playing. Now be like, ha ha, come over to my house at 3 a.m. It's going to be fun. Uh, and then, and then yeah. the doll with the knife finds them and kills them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to act to, was that second degree murder? <laughs> <laughs> Unintentional, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Some just, weird kind of manslaughter. I didn't, I didn't do it. It was the doll. It was yeah, the that'll hold up in court. doll. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what are okay uh when you are returning to your hiding place do not look behind you you must turn off all lights and keep very quiet while hiding do not leave your hiding place without salt water in your mouth the doll will still be searching for you if you're religious take a symbol of protection from your religion into the hiding place with you such as a crucifix rosary beads a scapular uh i don't know how to say this word uh, what is how do you spell it? I know what it is. It's like the we call it the the hand of Fatima, H A M S A, Hamsa. Okay. It's my best guess. A Buddhist amulet or a talisman. Right. And then they end by saying, "This is a very dangerous ritual, and we advise you not to try it. <laughs> we will not be responsible for what happens if you try it." If, to you if you try it if you make a mistake you could wind up stabbed to death or possessed by an evil spirit in japanese <laughs> oh yeah and this is a fun one too so in japanese the word for it in hide and seek is oni which means demon um which is actually true when you're playing hide and seek in japanese you say um so like the translation for the things you're saying from english to, to japanese you said i like the first one is saihoa like, I am the first one. Saihua yeah. Z this. Um, then you would say your doll's name, that you found it. So, doll, mitsukita. And then, ima, your doll's name, wa oni. So, oni yeah. is demon. So, now the doll is the demon, is like basically what you're saying. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, that's. You have to have fun. <laughs> All right, then. I, so... did... I don't. I don't see the point of this. <laughs> like, even even if it were, uh, even if it were, you know, even if it worked, mm-hmm. like, why why would why would anyone do this? Because well, best case scenario, you have a wet rice stuffed doll that you have to throw out or burn later. Worst case scenario, you're stabbed to death or possessed by a demon. Like, why? What, what is the point? <laughs> well, I guess it's, you know, that thrill-seeking it's aspect be. of it. Not necessarily saying I would do this. Right. Um, but, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, if you're, like, 16, maybe not even 16, you might be have enough sense by then. But if you're, like, 14 or younger mm-hmm. and you read this, like, you have to think, like, here in the States, like, we do Bloody Mary. Did you play Bloody Mary when you were younger? No. You didn't? No. I remember being like 10 and in the girls' bathroom with a bunch of my friends and they're like, let's play Bloody Mary. And like it was in between like lunch and whatnot. And I think we like shut off all the lights. And like (laughs) during the school day, we're like in elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. But maybe that's just me. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's really that self-seeking um. thrill-seeking there we go Hmm. thrill-seeking um kind of thing that you wanna i guess tempt fate and see if you can summon demons 
Uh, who doesn't want to summon a good demon? Don't. Me. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand this. Oh, you party pooper. <laughs> it's not a party pooper. It's like looking at this logically, what is what is the best case scenario? You no, summon a demon. Yeah, I don't see how this is a best case. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, my my final questions as we get to the end of this. Sure. Um, on a scale of one to, okay, um, <laughs> how believable do you think this is? I don't. <laughs> I, I I don't know. There's just this. Uh, I guess it's because it's it's Japanese folklore, maybe, that there's this sort of mystique around it that's like, ooh. Mm-hmm. It's, there, there, there's also a kind of fakeness to it, I find. And I don't know if that's because it's Japanese or if it's because it's doll-based. Like, you know, like I said, it sounds like either, like, it inspired Child's Play or Child's Play was inspired by it sort of thing. So I don't... Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. this sort of cyclical thing about it it's like oh this is too conveniently close to something all right fair enough yeah i can see that yeah and like like we i said before we're not actually sure you know if this is a legitimate like old school japanese ritual thing or if it's just kind of something that some kids decided to make up one day right yeah okay cool and then my other one which i think i already know the answer on a scale from one to oh hell no how likely do you think you are to play this game oh hell no <laughs> again it's i don't believe it but i'm not fool enough to try it <laughs> because fair enough like i said there is no reason to do something like this even if even if you like if you know it for a hundred percent that it's not going to work then why bother? Why waste yeah. the time? Why get up at 3 a.m.? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you never know. No, I don't. You could no. suddenly be struck by the urge to get up yeah. at 3 a.m. and fill a doll up with rice. <laughs> it's different, though, from something like, um, you know, playing with a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... Like I'm, I'm Catholic, so like watching The Exorcist or something, where you know you have a Ouija board that transfers a demon into a child, and this based on an actual exorcism. That's like mm, I don't know if I want to mess with that ever. Yeah, no. It's like enough. when I, so whenever I go into you know a Barnes and Noble or something, and there is uh, they have you know their board game section, and one of them is a talking spirit board. I just put other boxes in front of it so no one is tempted to buy it. I know it's weird, but you're doing the good you're doing the good work there, man. I am. I truly am. <laughs> it's weirdly superstitious of me because I don't really do anything else like that. <laughs> you're, you're protecting the youth from indeed, Ouija indeed. boards. <laughs> Next you're just gonna have to start hiding all the stuffed animals and the rice so they can't play one man hide and seek. <laughs> I, I did think that was funny though that uh in Japanese did you say it was in Japanese or just middle or just Eastern culture in general that uncooked rice attracts spirits? Actually it's 
I think it's also um, in Hispanic cultures as well. Because I was talking to my dad, I think, when I first uh -huh. discovered, like, One Man Hide and Seek. And I was, like, telling him about it. Um, and he was saying something similar to that you, depending on the religion and whatnot. Um, so, you know, like, in a lot of the Caribbean countries, there's voodoo and santeria yeah. and all those kind of offsets. In there as well, rice can be used to sort of, I think he said it was you kind of give rice to like feed the spirits. That's interesting because I've never, I've never heard that before. And mm -hmm. it strikes me as odd for one thing, because rice is such a common food uh, in the, in the East, especially, but yeah. also, also in, in uh, Spain, I guess, in Mexico. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's such a common food. That's like, Oh, so there's just spirits everywhere. <laughs> they're demons who are just looking for a, a bowl of uncooked rice <laughs> give me that rice down. man give me that rice <laughs> like you go into a pantry you need to have a, an exorcist with you or something like wait what <laughs> i mean i never thought of it that way but it's actually like really funny to <laughs> yeah or something like so common to have such attraction um, yeah apparently. to attract spirits <laughs> but yeah that is interesting. I guess I have to be worried now. I always have rice with dinner. We have so much rice in the house. Also, like, my life was so much less complicated before I knew that rice attracted evil spirits. And so now I have to, like... I have to be I, like, worried. Should I buy two bags or three? <laughs> I should probably just... I should, You know, I don't think I'll buy any today. I'll, I'll find something else. Make sure you wrap it up with the red thread to, to bind the <laughs> evil spirits into it, okay? <laughs> I'll perform a ritual over my dinner and then I will eat demons. <laughs> Cut open that, that red thread. Release the <laughs> demons. I'm ready for supper. Exactly. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, educating me today. See, this was, this was fun. Well, thank you for being my very first guinea pig. Of course. In my adventure to creep all my friends out. <laughs> I hope that you will join me again sometime in the near future so that we can uh, would love to. produce another one of these crazy things. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So I guess then with that, I will say my farewells. I hope that you, Garrett, and whoever may be listening here, be they person or spirits, <laughs> eating rice or not, I hope <laughs> that they were also equally creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I shall call it the end. Bye. Bye.